You're now listening to The Nest on Tap, conversations to encourage parents to make informed choices about healthcare and to embrace parenting as a tool to change the world, one diaper at a time. Here's your host, Katie Demota. Welcome to The Nest on Tap. I'm so excited. Heather Hunt is back here at The Nest with us. If you don't know Heather yet, Heather is a local chiropractor and a functional medicine practitioner who specializes in maternal health and pediatrics. We have loved having Heather here with us the whole 10 years we've been around. And of course, Heather was here even before The Nest. So welcome back, Heather. So happy to have you. Oh, thanks so much, Katie. It's lovely to be here. Well, you're going to have, I know you have so much to share with us, so we'll just hop right in um, and hear what you have to say to those in the studio and, of course, those who are listening in the recording. Yeah, um, well, I think I'll start with just an overview of my practice and who I am. So I grew up in Nevada City. Actually, my dad's a chiropractor, Dale Jacobson. Um, Moved away, did all sorts of things, um, had my first baby and within six weeks moved home. Uh, That was to practice with my dad. I was in the final phases of my clinical training for chiropractic college. And also I always wanted to come back here. Um, So that was actually 14 years ago in February. My oldest son, Jacob, will be 14 in the beginning of January. So that's wild. And I chose maternity focus with my chiropractic practice because being raised by a chiropractor and, you know, I was very fortunate in that my parents were highly health conscious. We ate our all organic. They were actually both meditators when they met at a yoga class when they were like 21. <laughs> um, so I just was really lucky to grow up in a very holistic setting where um, my health and my body and were, were really held sacred. Mm-hmm. And um, I watched my mom give birth to my three younger siblings at home. That <laughs> last when I was 12 and I was like, I thought it was disgusting, you know, but I knew my body could do it. And I had been trained and that was the whole ideology of my family was that your body knows exactly what to do. It has this incredible wisdom. And so I never had any question about that until I got pregnant in 2008 And I was in Portland at the time at chiropractic college. So I went down to Powell's bookstore, which was like this massive bookstore. And I went to the pregnancy section and I started looking at all the books and I started getting nervous. Mm. And then I started being really nervous and started worrying about things with my body. And I was like, wait a second here. I mean, I know that this works. I've seen it. I've seen my mom at 40 give birth at home. Mm -hmm. And I started I, it, I, it changed being, being present to being married aware of kind of the general mainstream way we look at pregnancy and birth um, freaked me out really. Mm-hmm. And it threw me off my foundation. And so at that point, even though I was an old feminist and women's studies major um, and ethnic studies minor, and I knew about systems of injustices and inequalities, like that was actually what politicized me the most. Um, in my own life, because I realized this is not okay. This is this time that we're so vulnerable to, and we, and we do things differently because we do them because we think we're doing them for a baby, which, you know, 
that's a whole nother issue of kind of decentralizing ourselves in pregnancy and postpartum. But um, so at that point is when I started focusing on maternity care and really shifting things. So I started going to the local pregnancy chiropractors in Portland and shadowing them and taking courses and, um, and my own body and how it works. I already had to learn a lot about how to treat a woman specifically in chiropractic because a lot of chiropractic can be too much for a lot of women's bodies, especially when you're pregnant, you know, we don't need a lot of heavy duty adjusting or anything like that. And so by the time I started into my practice right away, I was focusing on maternity and infant and pediatric care. Cause it was just, it was it for me. So I do a lot more now. And a lot of the moms that I started treating 14 years ago are still coming. So, you know, now we're working on perimenopause (laughs) next stage yeah and our kids becoming teenagers and things like that but I still really feel passionate about but maternity care and giving women as much information as I possibly can to help them through that journey because um, not only do I want it to be a place of empowerment for them but it's also the time that I have influence over the next generation in a very significant way And if I can do anything to help that next generation of children coming in, I'll do it, you know, but that's very important to kind of start that path of their health and wellness before they're even out of the womb. (laughs) I'm with you. Yeah, I know. It's it's interesting to see our personal stories shape our professional path. Absolutely. Right. Having that and how it continues to evolve. Hi, Leo. <laughs> that makes my own. Do you like that story too? Um, He's happy you're here. Yeah. So then the chiropractic, um, you know, becomes important, I think, in pregnancy because I, we're kind of, we're just not really taught about function with our bodies. And when people go to mainstream medical practitioners, they don't really, you know, except for physical therapists and orthopedics people, you know, a lot of like mainstream doctors and things aren't actually trained in musculoskeletal function. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's specific to chiropractic and, um, you know, physical therapy and things. And so when, when my patients come in, I really like to talk to them about how our bodies function and how like the balance of the pelvis does influence birth. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of women who come in right around 25 weeks because their bodies are finally getting to the point where they like need treatment. They're very uncomfortable and, and they're just shocked that they feel better as they move into their third trimester, you know, that they, their bodies actually heal when we can get it in balance and the pain goes away, even though they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, we're always going to have discomfort, but you don't have to have pain. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important to remember for pregnancy and aging. Mm-hmm you know, that we, and especially if it's like in one particular spot, like if it's just in one side of your low back, not both, that's not you just being pregnant or you just getting older. That's an imbalance. Otherwise it would hurt on both sides. Right. And I always think about that saying pain is the body's guide to comfort. How do you feel about that? Like when we notice pain, that's like us, the body saying, Hey, Hey, there's something here. Like help me to get to comfort. Is that how you see it too? That's funny. I I don't focus on comfort that much. Uh I guess focus more on function. Uh Um, Maybe I I see function as comfort. (laughs) The body doesn't lie. Make it work. Right. The body is always talking. 
it's always talking and it's it's a matter of are we taking the time to listen can we understand what it's saying one of the questions i'm really loving right now is do you have a healing team right yeah. like who is your healing team yeah. do you have a do you have an environment that fosters your own healing that's one of my other favorite questions right now yeah. like because when i was postpartum with new babies i didn't <laughs> me neither yeah i it's what i'd say to the folks who join me in our conversations all the time is it's really about cultivating that team for both yeah. yourself and your children yeah mm-hmm. yeah so, so for people who can't actually come into my office i have a lot of resources on my website which is www.heatherhuntdc like doctorofchiropractic.com and I would, I have like videos on pelvic stabilization and low back pain in pregnancy that include exercises. And so if you cannot, do not have access to care for some reason on some sort of body work, I did my best and I will continue working on building that resource library for, for pregnant mamas. And um, I, would, I would just recommend, I have a, a Heather Hunt DC YouTube channel that has all of them. Um, but you could just even go under the Heather Hunt DC under the maternity specialty um, tab. And a lot of them are there. I'm trying to put out stuff all the time. So it's hard for me to keep updating. But I also have a Facebook page. And, and I also too have a free private membership because I don't like posting things publicly all the time. And so that's at vitalitymedicine.live, L-I-V-E. We'll put all those links in the notes yeah. along with the recording. And the Vitality Medicine is built on a platform called Mighty Networks, which is sort of like Facebook, but it's private and it's made by a woman, mm-hmm. and designed by a woman to build community. And so I developed that in 2020 when I realized like, wow, I'm putting all this energy into creating this environment and resources for, for my for my. I call them my beloveds. <laughs> and I really want to give a platform for people to start putting their own input in and helping me build from all angles. And so that's, that's that platform. And it's free. It's just, you have to sign up. Mm-hmm. Great. We'll make sure that's all included. I've heard about that community. It sounds lovely. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it is lovely. Mm-hmm. So, um, so so yeah, that resource. And then the other thing I did want to talk a little bit about was supplements because so many people now, not just pregnant moms come in um, and they are on, uh, everybody's on something these days. Well, not everybody, but most people. And I often say, you know, one of the really lovely things about supplements is that they're not regulated by the FDA. So we have a lot of freedom with what we can purchase, but that's also a really, really bad part about supplements um, because depending on where you buy them and what quality you get, you do not know what's in them. So um, I only carry brands that actually pay for their own third-party testing of both the ingredients and the finished products and also um, use the ingredients that are shown to be more digestible by people. So one of the big things I look for is does your supplement have folic acid in it? So that, you know, forever it's like, Oh, all pregnant women should take folic acid because it prevents, you know, neural tube defects. It's good for the baby's little spinal cord, things like that. 
Well, it turns out that about 50% of us have what's called methylation issues, which are genetic, and we can't absorb folic acid. And in fact, it blocks our own receptors for where that B9 attaches in. And so I think the reason we're seeing, one of the reasons we're seeing actually an increase in tongue ties and things like that, these central um, two, these two defects, these central line defects is that women are actually taking crummy multivitamins and it's actually blocking their own folate absorption pathways. And so, um, you know, just making sure that you're on a prenatal that I won't carry a supplement in my office if it has folic acid because it just means they're not doing their research on B vitamins, um, but making sure you're taking that. And then also um, um, uh, I'm just thinking what else. Okay. The other thing is um, fish oils, right? So fish oils are called essential fatty acids. Well, and they're the omega three part. So essential fatty acids are called essential because our bodies do not make them. And there's three main types, the threes, sixes, and nines. Most people through their diet get enough of the sixes and nines. Those are like the vegetable oils and the nuts and the avocados, that kind of stuff. The threes are only found in the ocean, in marine, for the most part, little bit in eggs, stuff like that. But for the most part, it's only from fish. Now they're making it from seaweed. So there are vegan forms, but something like a prenatal DHA is absolutely essential because it's what makes your baby's nervous system. And it acts as it has, it's really important postpartum because even if you're taking it, you can just still deplete your own natural stores because we don't usually eat fish in pregnancy. And I don't even eat fish not pregnant very much because our poor oceans, right. <laughs> you know, I don't want to put more stress on them, even though I like fish um, and it's expensive. So, you know, I'm just careful about that, but um, fish oils are something I recommend for everybody all the time, but especially for pregnancy and at least that fourth trimester. So can um, I ask, do you prefer, do you recommend the fish sources, sources or the algae sources today? I tend to recommend the fish because the algae you have to take so much to get. So okay. I really like women taking about 2000 milligrams a day of fish oil. That's a lot. Um, it is important to stop fish oils about two weeks before you give birth. Cause it is a mild blood thinner just yeah. so you don't, you know, if you hemorrhage or bleed out at all, you don't have thinner blood when you're bleeding. It's probably negligible for that, but, uh, you know, before surgeries and things, they ask you to stop your fish oils. So I always tell my mamas, please stop taking your fish oils. Just put a little reminder in your phone two weeks before your due date, and then start them back up as soon as you're done, you know, as soon as you have your baby. Um, and then favorite, continue. favorite brand. Um, I really like for pregnancy, the um, Nordic naturals, prenatal DHA. Mm -hmm. And then that's honestly not quite enough to get you to the 2000 milligrams. And so, um, Zymogen makes one called Monopure, which we carry at the office. I always sell all my supplements, um, 20% off all my omegas because I just really want everybody to take them. And then I also have an online account that's on like an online store that's on my website that, that has coupon codes. Um, but yeah, the monopure plus the prenatal DHA, that's what I would personally do. But even if women just do the prenatal DHA and just stay on it postpartum. Right. That's what I was going to say. So it's the same thing postpartum and forever, or just, what do you recommend? I think official forever. So right. Basically what happens postpartum is that the immune system has been shut down for our whole pregnancy. So we don't eat our babies. <laughs> 
And then as soon as we have our babies, the immune system comes back on. And if somebody is stressed or has any sort of dysregulation, the immune system can come back on in too exaggerated of a way and cause an autoimmune issue. Mm. So one in 20 women will develop a postpartum thyroiditis. That's what mainstream medicine knows. So that means it's at least twice that. Mm -hmm. So they can, you can develop thyroid disease just by being pregnant and having a baby. So the two top things for modulating the, the immune system are those fish oils and vitamin D. So making sure that you get your vitamin D tested when they're doing all that prenatal blood work, just throw in a vitamin D, throw in a B12, um, throw in an iron, make sure you're getting a ferritin, you know, iron storage, and then postpartum to really make sure that you have good levels of vitamin D, you know, so right around 50 nanograms per deciliter is the best 50, 60, 70, um, on a blood test and, and really staying on the, the omegas and the vitamin D for at least that fourth trimester because that's when your immune system is really kicking back in and you want it to kick in in a regulated way, not in dysregulation, because you will be pre more predisposed to autoimmunity at that point. Was there still a question? Hannah, you had your hand up. Do you want to ask about oils? It was just about sourcing and you asked and it was answered. Oh. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, the other thing I find pretty constantly in pregnancy is low iron. and it's really important that, that your care provider is testing ferritin, not just hemoglobin, that kind of thing, or serum iron, because the ferritin is what you have stored in your body. And honestly, some of my postpartum moms, I get back at like eight and the reference range is 15 to 150. And honestly, we wanted to like 50, you know, because, and I think people don't realize this, iron is what um, carries oxygen in the body. So if you don't have oxygen to your cells, like it's like not eating. I mean, really your brain stops working, your cellular function goes down, you are tired. So running a little low iron is a really big deal, a really big deal. And so I love, um, I have a favorite iron. It's called iron extra by Vitanica. Mm -hmm. That one's, and often women need that. In addition, there's usually about 30 milligrams in a prenatal and it's another like 30 milligrams. And that's often what's needed as the blood volume increases. Mm -hmm. And again, I would just stay on it postpartum, you know, unless yeah. for some reason you don't get your period back for a really long time, it's pretty safe. Um, or, or just test it. So with what our about, blood, what about what I'm finding is if a mom is supplementing with iron postpartum, it's, it's sometimes constipating to the baby. So mm. I'm just curious if you're noticing that with the brand you're choosing. No, no I, Oh, I really personally, there's also that Hemeplex brand that women really like with pregnancy and it's like 80 grams of iron. So it's really, really good if somebody's really low, but I find that one very constipating. This iron extra is the only one I know that's not in general from personal experience and clinical experience, but I think people should just try, you know, what they need to try. Um, and Heather, how do you feel about like organs as a source of iron? Uh, so if a woman's doing like a multi-organ complex, yeah, you know, I love the idea of that. I don't generally find that that is enough to really keep the ferritin at good levels. And what I generally find is that women are not, their ferritin is not being tested. A lot of times they're just getting a little hemoglobin test and then they're being told because their hemoglobin is normal, that they're fine. So it's really, or like a serum iron, 
Like you really, really have to see that ferritin. It's the most sensitive iron test. And so what I say, if, if that's the case is do the um, organ, but test your ferritin. And if it's low, do an additional iron, you know, like, and some um, like Apex Energetics makes a great organ based, but it has additional iron, but it's based in liver. And that's called Chemevite Plus. I like that one too. And then um, Susie locally makes a great liver pill, but I just, you know, if you're not low iron, then that can work well. And, you know, um, and you have to be, just be consistent. But if somebody is just, you know, this is where blood testing is like brilliant. And as a pregnant mom, you're getting your blood tested quite often. Mm-hmm. So it should just be an absolute no brainer to add in a ferritin at least. Um, and just see, cause you can test it. What about moms who have experienced some blood loss during yeah, birth? Absolutely. Yeah, so they should be taking those supplements. What about, I mean, we talk about iron rich diet and those kinds of things in addition. Really important. Yep. Cooking cast iron. There's those little iron fish that you can put in soup. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that you have to remember is that men can go high iron. So if you're cooking for like your partner, if you're, you know, or like, you just don't want to have maybe too much iron cast iron should be okay, but, but just supplementing individually is pretty safe if you really need to get it up. So like for our cash lab, we have an incredible blood lab that has very discounted cash prices. It's $14 to draw a ferritin. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. So it's just super cheap. People come, you know, you can order it, call us and order it and go to the local lab and we get the results usually the next day. Um, so it's very, it's very cost-effective to just do some of these tests and see, you know, that, like I said, B12, vitamin D, everyone should know their B12, their vitamin D level. If you think about vitamin D and its role in the immune system, they also might reclassify it as a hormone. It's super important for hormonal health. Um, then we definitely all need to be knowing what our vitamin D status is. (laughs) And I can't tell you how many, yeah. What was that? that too. Yeah. Vitamin D is $34. You know, the, um, the funny thing, I can't tell you how many patients come in and they say, Oh no, my doctor said my vitamin D is fine. And I said, well, can you just bring me the results? They bring it. The vitamin D reference range is like 30 to hundred and their level will be 31 <laughs> or 30.5, you know, I'm like, you know, so this is not optimal. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. flagged. So. Yeah, it doesn't flag. So ideally we wanted around 60, you know, so it's just, it's, it's, I love blood work. I, I have an incredible panel that I run for pregnant and postpartum moms and everybody that has all of this, um, including full thyroid, full adrenal, everything that's about $250. If we add in the sex hormones for postpartum, like estrogen, testosterone, you know, it's not worth measuring that pregnant, uh, progesterone. It's about 320. Um, so that's a great cash price off, uh, you know, option. If somebody really wants to see and doesn't have good insurance, mm-hmm. because when we bill that panel through insurance, it's 10 times the cost. It's wild. That's what insurance marks things up. Um, so, so, you know, I just really think knowledge is power and, since you are getting your blood work done, ask for vitamin D, ask for B12, ask for ferritin um, in the bare minimum. I love seeing thyroid and all that too, but 
<laughs> you, you brought up adrenals and we have a question here um, from a mama who's wondering what supplements and foods you recommend to balance her body as uh, she has been feeling that her adrenals and nervous system are super dysregulated from sleep deprivation. Her baby yeah. is about six, maybe seven months old now. Yeah. Um, so yeah. curious what you think about that. So what I would like to actually just add in first, just to complete what we're talking about with the prenatal stuff is magnesium. So magnesium is incredible. Uh, that's another supplement I think everybody should be taking. It, I think pretty much everyone I work with is a highly empathic person. They're feeling everything. And when you become a mother, your empathic um, nature goes exponential. And I mean, I literally, when I've had my first baby felt like my arm fell off, <laughs> like, like he would, this part of me was no longer on my body or in my body. And it was, it, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot. And you care so much about this, this being, and, and you are responsible. You are truly responsible for this child. And it's a lot on our hearts and our empathic nature. My, my feeling was like my territory of my heart expanded exponentially and it took a while to figure out how to fill it with things other than worry, you know, and kind of like, ah, overwhelm. And it, I mean, there's obviously a ton of love, thank goodness, and wonderful hormones, <laughs> um, but it's a big deal. And so magnesium is a really good supplement for somebody who's highly empathic. And also during pregnancy, it's incredible for muscle spasms, leg cramps. Um, it's just a general, the reason it's so good for highly empathic people is it just is a general nervous system calmer. Mm -hmm. And it's also really good for your bowels, depending on what form you take. So if you have any problem with constipation with pregnancy, you take magnesium citrate, mm -hmm. three to 600 milligrams at night before bed. If you just need general support and not pushing the bowels, do a magnesium glycinate malate mix. Mm -hmm. So we have a lovely one called buffered magnesium chelate that I put people on and it's like two capsules before bed. And then I have women dose it to where they wake up and have a good bowel movement first thing in the morning, mm -hmm. but it helps with sleep. It calms the nervous system. It's just like that and fish oils and probably vitamin D because most people are low or just things to kind of always think about being on. I call them forever supplements. Um, but what let's you, What do you recommend if magnesium makes you feel nauseous? A different form of it. So can you, someone told me you can spray it. Someone else is saying it hurts her stomach. What is the most gentle? Can you do, what do you think about spraying it? Or is that subdermal? Uh, yeah, you could do it dermally. You are not going to get the same dosages. My guess is that with people who is hurting their stomach is it's increasing bowel motility too much. Mm. Um, and so standard process makes one called magnesium lactate. But I find that people who are magnesium sensitive tend to, it's a whole food magnesium. They tend to do well with that. Um, and a lot of times I can't tell you how many people tell me, like, I can't tolerate magnesium. And then I put them on a good brand and they can, or the fish oils. I can't tell you how many people say, oh, I can't take fish oils. I burp it. I burp them up. Like it's like, I'll burp a fishy burps. And I say, well, first of all, try a good quality. Try the one we carry the mono pure. And if you're still burping, we need to work on your gallbladder and your digestion. Mm -hmm. Like. It, it is a sign that something that you're like, you're not absorbing your fats well. Mm. So, um, usually we can find ways around this. I have had probably like two or three people who really cannot tolerate magnesium in 14 years. And that's fine. We just, and then we say, okay, 
then do something else. <laughs> it just, it's really individual for your body. Um, so moving into the postpartum, and this is where, oh my goodness, we talk so much about pregnancy and birth and prepare for this. And I think the postpartum is the hardest by far. Um, you're exhausted. All your coping mechanisms for your empathic nature are gone. <laughs> you can't go take a walk by yourself. You can't just like have quiet time. I used to journal before having kids. I used to, you know, like sit and look out the window. <laughs> you, you can't have conversations. You're not sleeping. You're being touched constantly. You're literally, if you're nursing, you are, your life force is coming out of your body through your milk. I mean, it's a huge, huge toll. toll. Um, and I honestly didn't think of motherhood as a sacrifice until after I had my third son. <laughs> and then I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is a sacrifice. Like this is a decade, at least of my life that I'm literally giving my body for these beings, which is fine. And you need to take care of yourself the best you can. And so of course the adrenals are going crazy postpartum. Right. And so the adrenal glands for people who don't know are little glands that sit on the top of the kidneys and they are responsible for our stress response. So the main things they respond to stress with is cortisol and adrenaline. Everybody knows what adrenaline feels like. Cortisol can be very similar, but it's more long lasting. You tend to get a surge of adrenaline and then you feel a little worn out maybe, or like, like coming down, but you come down. Cortisol, you get a surge of cortisol and it can last for hours <laughs> and you can just feel horrible. So cortisol is a really interesting hormone because traditionally, evolutionarily, it's um, secreted in times of severe stress, like you're being attacked by a tiger or um, there's a famine, you know, so it's a fight, flight or freeze response. And um, I think as I would argue that humanity is becoming more empathic and know people might differ, but that's my, I'm standing by it. Um, as we become more sensitive and empathic, and especially with motherhood, that happens absolutely. Everything can become a stress, picking up your phone, getting a text, hearing a squeak in the night. Even if they don't make a noise, you're worried because you think they're dead because they haven't made a noise in two hours, you know? So like everything you, your alert system is on high. And so you are going to just um, to, to dysregulate the adrenal glands. Now I'm going to give everybody my diet lecture because I do this with everybody who comes in for functional medicine with me. And it's super important, but you cannot have regulated adrenal glands unless you have regulated blood sugar. So what does that mean? Um, and why is that? The reason is because if we go low blood sugar, hypoglycemia, it's our adrenal glands that are monitoring our body to tell us if we're safe or not. So if we go low blood sugar, it's gonna go, mm -mm, not safe. And if we've already been in a hyper alert stress response, it's gonna go, crap, it's the famine. I knew it, I knew something was wrong, but it's actually, you know, like, so, so literally they go into high alert and they signal the body with a massive surge of cortisol and adrenaline just because you're low blood sugar. That's it. And so that's something unlike our baby needing us, our partner being himself or herself, you know, itself. <laughs> yeah. Above everything else, we are getting these internal messages from our body that we 
hypothetically do have some control over. One of the few things postpartum, right? So it's really important to not go low blood sugar. What does that look like? It means when you wake up in the morning, within the first hour of being awake, you eat something. When you eat, it tells your body, I'm safe. Oh, it's not the famine. Even if it's, even if it's what I call distracted eating, which is okay when you're a postpartum mommy, like just give yourself that freedom. You just grab something off the counter and you eat it just to get your body feeling safe, right? I'm so glad you're talking about that because that wasn't talked about. 11 years ago when I was postpartum. And I think just knowing that and being able to feed yourself can be such an important first step. I yeah. look back and think, oh my God, my body was doing that the whole time, Heather. <laughs> yeah. You don't it's think, true. oh, I could eat and that would really have a positive impact in this moment. And I can't tell you how many women feel so much better after just hearing this talk. So the rest of the talk is don't go more than two hours without eating ever during the course of the day. And it really matters what you eat because, so there's three main food groups. We all know this carbohydrates, protein, and fat. What we don't necessarily think about is carbohydrates also include fruits and vegetables. In addition to the whole grains, complex carbs, and the simple complex, the simple carbs, the refined grains and the sugars, right? So like white rice, brown rice, white bread, whole grain bread but also fruits and vegetables and sugar. So there's your carbs. Fats, butter is my favorite. You know, whole milk, dairy has a lot of fat, meat. You know, the right kinds of meats have fats, avocados, coconut oils, and then um, proteins. The most uh, nutritious amino acid filled balanced protein is meat-based. Dairy is super easy, but a lot of people can't do dairy. And so then it gets a little trickier because it's like, okay, can you do goat dairy? Can you do legumes? Well, legumes have a lot of carbs too. So how do we balance out the carbs with that? Um, but usually, hopefully people who are, who are doing more of a plant-based diet have done a lot of research on protein, but you need about um, a half of your body weight in grams of protein a day, maybe more. So I have people look at this. There's free apps like Chronometer, C-H-R-O-N-O-M-E-T-E-R that I love that I just ask women, just do two days for me. And let's look at your macros, your protein, fat, and carb. Because so say you need nine, and if you're breastfeeding, you need more than half your body weight and pregnant in, in protein. I just listened to a podcast yesterday that said you need your full body weight in protein, which I think is a little excessive and would likely be very hard on our planet. So I'm not going to recommend that of course, but, um, but really getting up, you know, getting a good amount of protein a day is super important. Uh, and you will feel different because protein is the building blocks of our body. Your body will start eating its muscles. If it doesn't have enough protein, you will literally start eating yourself because it needs protein to, for enzymatic, um, for enzymes, for structure, for collagen, just to be a body. It's what makes us alive, right? So, um, so anyway, the carbs when you're pregnant and postpartum are very important. And I do not ever recommend taking women off carbs because they're actually what raises our blood sugar. And we're, we live in a very keto paleo time right now, but this is no time for intermittent fasting, for keto, for paleo. Like you have to have your carbs because usually the adrenals are stressed. And when the adrenals are stressed, that means you're not balancing your blood sugar well. You're going to go low blood sugar. And what raises the blood sugar? 
carbs. Protein and fat sustain and maintain you. Carbs are what raise it. So even if that's drinking a half a glass of juice, even if once in a while I just have a cookie or some crystallized ginger or some honey with butter, you know, like that's a great thing. Honey with a bunch of butter. <laughs> that will get your blood sugar up quickly and give you a ton of fat. So the thing is, is we, the carbs are good in this case. And then you want to eat the protein and fat always, every single time you eat, even if it's a snack, protein, fat, and carb. I teach this to my kids. They're actually very good at it now, my boys, <laughs> um, because the protein and fat sustain and maintain you. So the carbs get your blood sugar up without the protein fat, you're going to drop right back down. You're going to feel crappy again. And you're going to be on this blood sugar roller coaster all day long. And mood is highly affected by that. Right? So if you just add the protein and fat, at least you're going to get the satiation for longer term and you're not going to have that crash. So, um, so I have tons, I actually have a video on how to eat on my website. I have, um, an article with food recommendations, but some of my favorite cheats are collagen. So I love designs for health makes a whole body collagen. We always sell 20% off. Also it's 11 grams of protein. So that's like two eggs. If you wake up and put it like in your tea or coffee in the morning or a smoothie, it's going to get you pretty far. And it really, you know, cause a lot of us can't eat first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. So that's just been like something that has really been a lifesaver for me personally is when I, I love having a cup of tea in the morning with some sort of dairy and either monk fruit, or sometimes I put a little honey in it. I mean, pregnant nursing mom should be putting honey in it, right? Because you need the sugar more than I do. I'm not nursing. I'm not pregnant. I'm 45. I need to start toning that down, you know? Wait, so, what? We do? <laughs> ideally. Um, so the, the collagen is very easy. If you can do a dairy, you know, I, I even tell mom, put a timer on your phone for every two hours and make sure you eat something. You, you're going to have to do some meal prepping. Um, and you can't just grab a handful of nuts because there's no carbs in that. Right. You, you have to have that protein, fat and carb. And so, like I said, on my website, there's more info. You can talk to my boys. They will explain. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> but that alone helps so much with adrenal glands. And if you're not doing that, don't even talk to me, but don't even bother buying an adrenal supplement because it won't work. So, um, the other thing is, um, I do have a few things I literally lived on postpartum. Apex Energetics has a lotion called Adrena Calm. It literally calms your cortisol and it's safe for pregnancy, birth, and babies and postpartum and nursing. You know, you have to be careful around that kind of stuff, but that's a product. And it, since it's a lotion, it's transdermal and it, you feel the effects within 10 to 15 minutes. So I, I had that on my nightstand. I had it on my kitchen counter. <laughs> That was one that just is super helpful when you're, when you're running cortisol levels. Um, some people do well with L-theanine. I never really noticed too much, you know, Katie, I have an um, article on my blog called panic anxiety awakening. And in that is all my favorite adrenal supports and kind of when to use them. And it talks about what's safe in pregnancy and postpartum as well. But that's where I would also direct that mama beyond um, the diet and the adrenal calm. Mm -hmm. There's also people who need adrenal boosting. So there's two ways to treat the adrenal glands. Well, three really one is if you're just exhausted, 
And that happened to me after my first baby at three months postpartum, I was like really, really tired. <laughs> and I went to the seminar and somebody tested my adrenals and was like, oh, you just need to take adrenal support. And so at that point I went on a glandular adrenal, which is from usually bovine adrenal glands, grass-fed cows, ideally in New Zealand. And we have a number of those that I carry because I find them really, really good. Like talk about, you know, in the olden days, people would eat and still actually in, in like Great Britain, they eat kidneys that has adrenal glands in it. We don't eat glands here anymore in organs. And so we take them. So no one, I mean, if you want to eat kidneys go, but otherwise doing the glandular adrenal support will boost the adrenal glands because you're literally eating what has the adrenal hormones in it from other animals. Um, and then, and then there's a, the adrenal downers like Adrenacom. We have another really lovely one called Fortisol. This is all on that blog by Zymogen. That's a calmer. And then, and then there's just plain old adaptogenic, like helping you balance. So ashwagandha is fabulous for that, but that you can't take that pregnant. Um, but it's okay for nursing. And there's a few things like that that just kind of even out the edges. Um, standard process makes one called Dranamin that's totally safe. Uh, and I do think that everybody should at least have adrenal support. They should know about it and know, like kind of have it as an option. If you're taking supplements every day, that even if you don't take it every day, you go, Oh, I need a little extra support right now. And I really think of supplements as my friends by now, cause I've been doing them for quite a while. And, um, and I switch things around a bit personally, but, um, they really, really, when I get people on the right protocols, they feel it within a week or two. They really do feel better. And, and they, we have them available and they're kind of pricey, the good ones, but, um, a lot of this stuff is, is pretty affordable. And I try to make, I mean, if I know price is an issue for people, I always just will give a discount because I really want people taking, taking things if they want to. So. Yeah. So many nice moms have reported recently. They feel so much better. They've been really tuning into what their body's asking for getting on the right plan of care. And they just feel more energetic, more calm. Mm -hmm. Oh more yeah. Keep up with the demands, especially if they're parenting. I mean, even one baby is a lot, but parenting more than one, um, finding that they need just a little bit extra yeah. to keep up. Yeah. And, and also ways to know if your adrenals are dysregulated is like that mom's question was she's more, I mean, when you run the lab high cortisol, you are anxious. There is a feeling of dread because that hormone tells your body something's wrong. Mm -hmm. So it, what really stinks. And I learned this personally after my third baby, this is how I figured this all out. Cause my adrenals and everything crashed after my third. And so I was waking up. Um, my blood sugar was elevated because I was already running cortisol, just getting out of bed. And that was pulling my stored blood sugar out. So I was going hypoglycemic and the feeling of cortisol is literally that something's wrong. What about the stage of breastfeeding where you're starting to wean and your estrogen levels are starting to increase and that also can feel very anxious. Same protocol. Uh, yeah, I, I do think, and just also knowing that certain hormonal changes are happening at, you know, like when you wean, I, I abrupt weaned my first son and I actually got kind of depressed and I'm not prone to depression. And so I Googled it, yeah. found out that that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I warn moms about that now, but, um, but 
but I feel, yeah, like um, it's having, I would just encourage people to read that, you know, the information about adrenal glands. I have a bunch on my website okay. and just try to figure out where you are with this and have your friends. Like, do you need an adrenal upper? Do you just need a modulator? Do you need a downer? Right. And, and I do think blood sugar and adrenals are the first dominoes of the endocrine system, which is the hormonal system, which then the later dominoes are like the sex hormones and the thyroid, you know, the melatonin, the pineal gland is in there. So sleep, it's all regulated under the same system. So you can see that if you get really dysregulated with not eating, which I can't tell you how many women it's so, it makes me so sad. It's, and it's cultural. They tell me they're busy and they're too busy to eat. Mm -mm. But, uh, you know, usually there's something deeper, like they want to use, lose the baby weight or they don't feel like eating. So why bother eating? Because, um, because there's usually something hidden underneath from our culture, which is really sad. Yeah. Or they've already gone too far into cortisol, you know, where they're just too stressed to even eat, which is also really sad you know, but eating is going to be what starts fixing that. I, I think I stress eating what you will eat, like not worrying exactly. so much about what it is. Just eat, even if yeah. it, just eat. But just can't you have a really stress. good diet because imagine if somebody was grabbing for cookies, you know, like right. the high sugar really aggravate somebody yeah. who's running high cortisol. So yeah. I mean, luckily yeah. most of the women I work with are already very diet, like food conscious. And mm -hmm. so I can really just say, just grab, just distract. Like I called it distracted eating I went myself when I was running lab high cortisol, because if I thought about it, I wouldn't eat. I was too stressed. I was too stressed. So I just would literally do distracted eating. Smoothies are fantastic too. Doing a crap ton of protein in that. Um, and I have a whole system with my smoothie where everything's ready to go and zip up to my freezer half of bananas, washed greens, frozen blueberries, like grated ginger. It's all in these uplocks and it takes me literally two minutes to make a smoothie. So when a mom says, I don't have time for that, I'm like, mm -mm, you don't have a system for success mm -hmm. or you're too far gone, which let's talk about that, you know? Mm -hmm. And we do, I mentioned this earlier, but you know, we put so much emphasis on our babies, but really, 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 we need to put ourselves central. And everybody, I mean, I always tell like, we're the keystone of the family mm -hmm. as mothers. And if we're not happy, really nobody's happy. No one's going to be doing well. And so taking that time, however you can for breathing, for self-care, even just thinking I'm important mm -hmm. and my health is important. Um, and how do I, how do I, even if I can't do it now, you know, that was something that was so surprising to me after having a baby is where before I used to need like two hours, I would need like 10 minutes, you know, like if I could just get 10 minutes, it felt like two hours. Right. And so, and so just, you know, but, but really placing that my favorite definition of healing is a, is a Sanskrit word is swatsa, and it means healing as establishment in self. So the more we establish in ourselves, that is my main marker of healing. And with being a new mom, you don't even know who you are. You're in a massive identity shift, which can also be an identity crisis, depending on who and what's going on, mm -hmm. you know, who you are and what's going on and how many kids you have. <laughs> right. So, um, so really giving yourself that luxury of, of, of self and centralizing yeah. that is really important. 
you are the sun. You are the center of the orbit. Everything orbits around you. Yeah. I hope the reframe I use is healing or caring for yourself is caring for your baby and your yep. children. Yep. It's the same thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the reason that's so hard, you can't tell me, like I have moms in here with all sorts of excuses and I, and like, and it's the, the, the main thing is, is it's not you, it's cultural. The reason it's so hard to do that is not your fault. This is the culture we were born into. And there the are, wiring, systems, yeah. there the are wiring systems. you have, it's yeah, hard to override yeah. that and say, yeah. oh, this is something I need to prioritize. I heard you say luxury. Sometimes parents feel that caring for themselves is a luxury. It's something that it, they, they just push it all the way off and I've got to do these other things. So how do we, I think as a culture shift that thinking into prioritizing ourselves, prioritizing our care, prioritizing rest. I know that's huge right now, but I continue to talk about it because it's, it's so, so huge. Yeah, actually, I just put up two on my Facebook. Um, I just listened to this fabulous podcast my sister sent me um, on We Can Do Hard Things. Yeah. And it, it's the one, this woman wrote a book called Rest is Revolution. Yeah. And it's this incredible um, podcast about yeah, the importance of rest. And if you want to bring down patriarchy and white supremacism and um, white supremacy and uh, capitalism, just rest. Because mm-hmm. like, we're not, we are, our worth is not based on our productivity and what we get done and what we look like from the outside as a mom right. or what our kids look like if their hair's brushed or not, you know, if they're wearing their jammies, just like, it's so revolutionary. Matter. We can just rest. Yeah. It is actually revolutionary in mm-hmm. our culture in yep. a really messed up way to take care of ourselves and to centralize ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so I just fully encourage women to be revolutionary mm-hmm. and know that if you're hearing things in your head that you're not wor- worthwhile, it's put on you. Mm-hmm. It's something that's been put on you. It is not from within. Yeah. And I hope it taking from within, which is within. so insidious. Taking small steps. If any of this feels overwhelming, overwhelming there are small steps you can take to move forward I think that's a good reminder something I have to tell myself when it feels like wait I have to make this appointment and then I gotta go to the lab and then then I gotta buy these supplements it's just one step at a time yeah and the other um thing I really just talk to moms about is it's also just time and and talk to me in five years you'll feel completely different (laughs) like it really is you will it just is hard to have young children. It just is really, really hard. And the more empathic and the more you care, the harder it is, Mm -hmm. but that's lovely that you're empathic and it's lovely that you care. And so it just might be hard until you're not nursing or until they're sleeping through the night or until they go to kindergarten or Mm -hmm. until they turn seven. And in Waldorf education and Rudolf Steiner, he said, kids live off your etheric energy till they're seven, which is absolutely true in my experience when my youngest turned seven I wrote a blog called parenting alongside because it went from me literally holding my children in this like I felt like my arms were constantly holding them to oh my gosh they're by my sides and we're this great team (laughs) you know so honestly sometimes I just tell moms too like well again talk to me when they're seven yeah it's cultural at the nest we say babies are babies until they're at least five and I just yeah, think that's not what's commonly shared, right? They're just so still dependent nope. on our bodies, yep. our arms, as you're saying, or breastfeeding or our, just our 
co-regulation for a lot longer than I think people realize. And I tell, I tell people there's a reason they start kindergarten at five is that's when they're pleasant humans for other people to want to be around. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sometimes it's true. Yeah. (laughs) It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It is hard. And so, so all these steps are so helpful that moms can hopefully tune into to support themselves. And what, I would, and what I would just really encourage you, you know, from my training of being pretty embodied my whole life and also learning about the body is that what I want to help moms with is why do you feel the way you feel? Mm-hmm. And if it's physiological, like your thyroid is thrown or your adrenals are off or you have no iron in your body let's fix that because otherwise you're swimming against this physiological river. That is not your fault. You're already working hard enough. Like let's get your physiology balanced so that you have the best chance for feeling good in every single moment. Right. And that you can test it's testable. What amazing thing. How few things do you actually just get a black and white piece of paper with numbers. That's objective, Mm -hmm. like yummy. (laughs) Easy. Easier. <laughs> it's a moment in time, but it's still yummy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's still true for that particular moment that you were those levels. So anyway, as we wrap up, I want to just see if anyone here with us has any questions, any more questions for Heather before we say goodbye. No. Great. We'll make sure you have all the information to contact Heather on the show notes if you don't know Heather yet. Um, I hope you can connect with her. Heather, thank you so much. You share a wealth of information to our local families and families beyond. Um, Really appreciate all of your work uh, and taking your time to be with us here at The Nest. Well, thank you. And thank you also for all you do, Katie. We're lucky in our little area to have so many resources. So I'm really thankful for all of us working together. Yeah, it's amazing, right? Take care. Take care. Bye, everybody. Bye. You've been listening to The Nest on Tap. For more talks about pregnancy and parenting, visit us online at thenestfamilyresource.com, on Facebook at The Nest Childbirth Postpartum and Parenting, and on Instagram at thenest.nc.